This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Oh, Debbie Downsiders. Episode, give me, give me five seconds. Let me just tell you something real quick. Um, uh, I, I, Russell's not on this episode. He wasn't on the last one. But I promise he's on the next one. We already recorded it, and it's, it's, it's very good. It's excellent. But I wanted to throw you a bone, and uh, it's not Russell, but my beautiful girlfriend and I, we had our third anniversary at a place called Le Petit Chef, which I do not recommend. And we did a little bonus segment that we uh, slapped at the end of this episode. So, so give it a listen and uh, enjoy our episode with magician Justin Willman. This is The Downside. Hi. I'm- Fuck, wrong cue. One, two, three. You're going to know what that cue means next episode. This is The Downside. One, two, three. Downside. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Gianmarco Cerezi. Hello, welcome to The Downside. This is Gianmarco Cerezi. I'm here at Melrose Podcast Studio with my, my producer, Paige Asachika. I've been upgraded to co-host today. I, you are, you are. <laughs> uh, I'm visiting LA, and this is a, a, a very expensive studio. Uh, uh, losing more money than normal on today's episode. They even have <laughs> drinks. I'm drinking this thing. Uh, it says, it says Bashi Akava Experience. It doesn't say anything about what makes this drink special, but on the back it says you have to be 18 or older to drink it. And it says the statements provided have not been evaluated by the FDA. No statements have been provided on the can though. So I'm nervous. It doesn't say THC anywhere, but we'll see where this goes. Oh I have a very important meeting in two hours. Who knows? <laughs> the downside, this is a place. I'm trying to get better at this little intro, especially for the guests to understand. Pause, this. Pause for your, you know, just for your sake. Oh, sure. It's okay. You can even keep this in. Okay. That's the kind of show this is. This is, this is, this is going on, on YouTube. This is our, 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 our producer. Remind me your name. Forgive me. We just met. Jared. Jared, Jared, fantastic. Forget? Jared, Jared, like clearly has worked on a, a much bigger shows where a backpack can't be in frame. The downside, it can be wherever the fuck we want. You just had your keys in the frame. I had my keys messy. in the frame. This is a place where things can go wrong, where people can complain. We talk about the negatives. We 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 allow people to share their failures. They don't, they don't need to pretend to be grateful. They 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 can kvetch, bitch, moan. It's fantastic. Even Jared, fuck it. If you want to come in and say why why you hate. Being here today, that's fine. That and we're here. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah, we're st- we're here, and we're here uh, with a very special guest, Justin Willman. Hi. Thank you for being here. So good to be here. So good to be introduced, so that I, now I can chime in on all the hijinks. Yes, <laughs> I mean I, so much to say about the kava. I feel like maybe we didn't. Maybe the fine print is too fine. We haven't noticed it. Do you know what it, kava is? No, but I feel like this is like an LA. But be it like, must be good if kava. you have to be eighteen. <laughs> Everything good happens after eighteen. Nothing good is is available for minors. If you think about it. Uh, sure, but that's why I'm confused. Is it like there must be something in it? And I looked at the ingredients. There's nothing here. You got to be 18 to have peach juice concentrate? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. 
Jess, I'm very excited to have you. Thanks for having I, me. I've, I've, I've been a fan for a long time. I, I don't know when you walk in, you see the cast, and you go, what did I agree to? But you're here. <laughs> no, this place is you're nice. Here. This place must be expensive. Oh, I walked and, in, and I was like, wow. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> this is expensive. When you book these, these kind of studios, they say there's the one-camera option, mm-hmm. and then there's the multi-camera option, which somehow the multi-camera, it's uh, tenfold. And I, I originally I said, I said, let's do the one-camera, and then Paige said, but what if what if he does a trick? And I said, motherfucker! Mm. Now we got to get the multicam. Oh, so just man. putting that out there in the universe. No pressure for you, but this did cost ten thousand dollars more to get multi angles. <laughs> I I want to talk about so much, but I, I have to first uh, uh, just talk briefly. I was my sisters live here, and last night they introduced me to the show Naked Attraction. Have you seen this show? No, I have not seen it. Justin, it's What's a British it? show. Yeah. Full on. It's a dating show. Uh-huh. Host brings out the person who's looking for a date. There's six boxes, uh, different colored lights. The beginning of the show, level one, they raise the boxes so it's just over all the uh, guest waist, Gen- just their genitals, their backside, and then they just go around and they, they talk, they discuss, they compare, what do you like? You're saying the box covers everything but the genitals. Yes, so the, so the, first they're all covered and level one. Covers the hideous faces, the hideous bodies. Yes, all you see at the beginning of the show, waist down. Wow. And then they, they go up and they look and they go, what do you think of this, what do you think of that, turn around. And uh, uh, and also, it's it's in, in England, so you know, what, you know what that means, with the guys at least. They're tiny? <laughs> Maybe yes, a little oh, bit. Uncirked. Uncirked. I see. I've never Uncirque seen. Uncirked de Soleil. Uncirked de Soleil. That would be it. That when they make the American version, it is. I've never seen so many uncircumcised penises in my life, and just a variety. Some, a little bit of a little head is remaining. Some, like a balloon, uh, a tide. I mean, all the way. It's. I didn't know. I thought it was like kind of one thing. But it's it's it, it's a whole level of individuality that I I don't have. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know about you. We just met. It's okay, but I imagine it's we I, well yeah. circumcised. Yes, circumcised. Okay, yeah, that's what I was into. <laughs> very cir- very circumcised. Extreme, extreme, extremely circ. <laughs> yeah, but I see what you're saying. It's very interesting to see the other side of the pond. Literally, like you're seeing the you know just it's like what frogs look like in a different part of the world. You yes, can't believe it. I'm always curious. Could they have? Can you can you trim? Do you have to do the full? Because some, I'm telling you, it could have it loops tri- back. could have done with a little more trimming. You're saying? Well, I'm just curious. Is there like a, a half a half version? Like, does anyone get their keep their foreskin but get it shaped? I feel like that would be like an LA thing. Like, oh, you haven't had <laughs> now. They got the buccal fat. What is the thing everyone's getting out of their face now? The buccal fat removal. The buccal fat removal. What foreskin trim? You don't know about the buckle. I don't. I don't. You live in L.A. And you you live know. in L.A. <laughs> yeah, I I should be spending more money on. Things it's this it. fat is removed. Why do they call it buckle fat? It, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it gives the illusion of like uh, hollow cheeks and like higher cheekbones. Mm. It's very obvious. Like it's it's like it's not a subtle surgery. You know what else does no. that? Crystal meth. Sure. Mm. You know. Really. Well, maybe it. that's what's in this. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. That two o'clock meeting might need to be pushed. <laughs> But I watched it with my sisters because what's so interesting about the show is it's it's very not sexual in a way that only the British can achieve. It is it is 
like like they so so then you do the first level they eliminate someone then it's the chest mm-hmm. which honestly I don't know which one I'd be more and what are they what criteria are they looking for they just talk like oh I like I like hair I and then it goes to an infographic eighty percent of British women say they like a man with a hairy bum mm-hmm. and and very basic so you're learning like, evolutionary facts that you're like surely it's not as simple as this mm-hmm. and or they go oh. Orange pubes. Mm, mm. I don't really like that. Uh-huh. I, it's probably natural. And and then it, it goes up to their their neck. Then it goes to their face. Each each time they're eliminating someone. Uh-huh. F- final round. The contestant has to get naked, oh, yeah. and does one final like talking to them. Then they they pick one. They hug, and whenever they hug, it's this incredible reach over without their genitals touching. Uh, and then they go on a date and they make a stupid fucking, they go, I can't wait to see her with her clothes on. <laughs> and then they go on the h- horrifically staged date and then it cuts to a month later and you know they're together or they're not. And, uh, but it's weird because once it gets to the date, they don't, it, it loses any sex. They don't, when they come back, they don't even ask, did you have sex? So in a way it's like very naked, obviously, but it, it lacks the uh, uh, American reality shows. I feel like it's like, did you fuck? Right. Like that's so much of the the Bachelor. I don't even watch it, but the, I remember Joe Millionaire. It was like they had in the subtitle slurp, slurp, slurp. I remember way back. <laughs> like Americans is like, did they fuck? And this show, it's so weird because it's not did they fuck, but they're fully nude. And I'm talking close-ups. This high def camera, but right on the dick. <laughs> Did it make you uncomfortable during the penis part? That I'm sure your sisters have seen more penises than you have. Well, we we discussed this uh, because apparently my mother, who uh, who's who's now in a relationship or has been dating a bunch, apparently texted my sister. I'm with a guy. He's he's uncut. What do I do? And I think it's funny the sister that she picked to ask that question, like she was like, this is the one who would know. <laughs> and my mom, she grew up in Long Island. Most of the dicks she's seen are, are circumcised, but but she didn't know. That's what Siri's for, if you think about it, really. <laughs> That's my sister. It said sent with Siri at the bottom of it. <laughs> I, 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 I bet that guy would have been, would have loved to be asked that question. Sure. Let me show you what to do. I think the way my mom would have asked him, been like, oh, what do I, what do, I do with that? Was it like, what do I do? Like, how do I get out of here? No, I think it's, <laughs> I, I don't even know what my mom was asking exactly. Or, or uh, I, I, you, you know, you do whatever you did with the other one. Right. But, but there's just, you got to pull a little harder down. I don't know. <laughs> so it so was I'm very. i have you scooch in. With me? Yeah. Okay. Scooch yeah, yeah, in yeah. your seat. Sure. Okay. Oh, my seat. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, okay. All right. You're Keep good. this in. <laughs> Keep it all in. It's the voice of God right there. <laughs> So my question is, you have a sister. I do. Would oh you feel God. uncomfortable you watching this? this? He's magic. Yes, I know. I did my research. Yeah. Would you watch the show with your sister or do you have a relationship where you'd be like, this is weird? Uh, we'd watch it together. I know she'd be way more like blushy than I would. It'd be a little weirder for her. Now here's my question. Which would you feel more uncomfortable looking at? Because I was intru- surprised by what I felt, the naked man or the naked woman? The close-ups of a penis or the close-ups of a vagina? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Both would probably be something neither of us have seen in such great lighting. You know, like it's probably very interesting. I, 
I feel like there's a trick question. Like you know something about I what just, I would do. I was surprised where I thought it would be the the penises, but it was it was more the vaginas. The vaginas where I was like, oh wow, they they come like that too. Yeah, just just being with my sisters, it just felt like oh, like oh. something about that. Oh, yeah, that feels felt creepy. like ah. Whereas the dicks, it was just like ah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, because you have one. Do they you mix the? P- is it men and women? Is or sometimes is it, it's, a, it's a bisexual contestant, uh-huh. and you get to really hey, see the way the things. There we go. Sometimes all women, <laughs> sometimes all men. I can't imagine if I was a contestant on the show and there were like six naked women. I feel like I'd be like, they're all beautiful. They're all beautiful, <laughs> each in their own way. I would never be able to pick. Uh, I would then when the boxes like, come off the heads, it's like surprise. It's your sisters. Well, <laughs> can you imagine? I have a tattoo, and I told my sisters, I was like, what if you're watching this show, and the first level, you're like, oh, no, oh, no. I know that tag. <laughs> so watch that show. We're, we're being sponsored by that show. I want to host that show when it comes to Who does host that show? It's, it's like a British lady. And she really is like, she lets the show do the work. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? She really, I think there's so much going on with the show. She gets out of the way. Yeah, because I, I feel like any joke I would think of, I would be like, I don't is this gonna get me in trouble? Just roasting Can what am I roast, roasting people's roast genitals? The do they roast the dicks? Not really. They no. they let the they let the Does the crowd laugh? Oh god. There's no imagine? crowd. There's no oh, crowd. Can you imagine a live studio audience? There was a guy he had a uh, big oh. elephant tattoo <laughs> that he got, I guess, in college. And so that's the big reveal. They pull it up and you're like, Oh my god, a big elephant ear What's tattoo. The drunk? I mean, it was it was, it was, it was a trunk. <laughs> it was an appropriate tattoo. Wow. So, Justin. Yeah. Is this? Should I take my pants off? Is that what's? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's that's the new segment we're gonna do for the Patreon members. Patreon.com/slash/downside. Me and Russell will do the the naked attraction. Justin, I I love magic. I've uh, I've I've watched. I even I even. For my my sketch team back in the day, we did a parody of of making the person invisible. Oh yeah, and it was making it was like a a, a son with his mom and stepdad. And the moment the son thought he was invisible, he just went in front of the stepdad and was like, "Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you." And they tried to handle that. Great. Did anything with that one with that sketch? Did did anything where someone like they said they're invisible and they went in the women's restroom and you're like, no, 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 okay, okay, <laughs> cut, cut, cut. I mean, not everyone's gonna, someone's gonna rob a bank. Yeah, it is. A, it's a, it, it's like a nice social experiment in that way. What would you do? You know? Have we, you ever had to stop because a a real person was just like you're like, oh, we're not filming this segment. We're not, we're not airing this segment. Because I did What Would You Do, which is a hidden camera show a couple times. And there were times where I was like, oh, well, we can't air this. We did a bit once where we, uh, like, I worked with a hypnotist to kind of, uh, pro, you know, suggest, uh, hypnotically suggest that when this certain flashing pattern of lights happened, that they would do ridiculous things, bark like a dog or, you know, like, just do weird screaming things. Based on, I would just open up a box and it was crazy. Like, I don't know if you believe in hypnosis, but... I believe it. At least I believe that some people are hypnotized. Yes, I agree. And we shot this bit, and I, 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 it was, it was funny, but I felt so bad for these people. Like I felt like I don't know that they would ever be okay seeing how they just behaved against their will, not against their will, but just, uh, I just, it just felt a little exploitative. I was like, you know what, we have to. 
just because you can do it doesn't mean you, you do it. What kind sometimes. of things did they make them do? Well, they just look ridiculous. And I'm like, this person has a job probably that might get them fired because they're like sure. doing the worm on the sidewalk or something, you know? Is there any legal, has anyone ever sued? And they, like in court of law, you know, you plead insanity. Can you plead I was hypnotized? Oh, interesting. I mean, I mean, because <laughs> like you Manchurian would sue. candidate kind of thing. You would sue. You would. Have you oh, been that's... hypnotized? No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried it for relaxation or for just a I, hypnosis show. Well, I went to a summer camp and there was like a, there was like a magic, there was like two magicians at the summer camp and mm -hmm. one of them did hypnosis. And I remember I had the hiccups and I used to get bad, long hiccups and they did like a hypnosis and then I relaxed and they went away and I can't do it to myself. I've tried. Wow. And you've never had the hiccups since? No, but in, the, in, that moment, in that moment, like I couldn't, sometimes I, I could not get them to stop and they did like a. And and I think you know I was an actor first. I think I have enough of that. Like I'll believe right and that I can enter right. it right. sometimes. It sh it's showtime. All right, I'll override my biology. <laughs> yeah, I've never. I've left for the most part. I've left people pleased. I mean, sometimes people who have uh, like no one's sued. You know, I've had people did this bit. It's so funny the things that people might later when a clip goes viral like think is embarrassing for themselves. But like where I, this UPS guy dropped off a package. It was, you know, weighed like eight pounds. It was a big box. Mm -hmm. And then I, he, right as soon as he set it down, like I jumped out of it and I was like, oh, hey, thank you so much. I'll sign for it. And his brain broke because he was like, I was just carrying this thing. It weighed nothing. And, you know, this 170 pound dude comes yeah. out. It was a magic trick. He didn't know it was a magician. So uh, we shot a hidden camera and he was very happy on the day. Oh, you're a magician. Oh, that was crazy. But then when the clip starts going around, he just think like people are sharing it with him and like, oh man, you're an idiot, you know? How did you, you know, like, so he's kind of like now, like two years later thinking like, oh man, that magician's an asshole. Like he made me look dumb. I, sure. It happens. So you, I, I, you know, I know a little bit of your story, but, but, but you started magic when you were young. When I was a kid, 12. And can you, can you uh, for those who don't know the story of, of how you first were introduced to try mm -hmm. magic? Well, I, I yeah, I've, I became a magician by accident because I was 12 years old riding my bike while wearing rollerblades one day after school. Because you, you were this kind of kid? This was, was who this you were? I was this kind of kid, yeah. I didn't, I, you know, like I didn't, uh, I, I, I really was very nervous around girls, but I had a lot of friends who, are, who were girls, so I was like this friend zone safe buddy yeah, yeah, yeah but i was also like so just nervous and terrified about um, the girls are so cute what do i do and say so i would like do stupid stuff just to get out of having to have a conversation sure. i just told jokes but you chose to put on same blades. thing exactly yeah. it was a joke it was like uh, it was my uh, super dave osborne moment uh-huh and i felt anyway i broke both of my arms that day I was in cast for six months and how bad of a break Duh, compound on the left side which uh -huh. means bone sticking out Cool. Do you remember this moment, or do you like? Yeah, black out? I remember. I remember thinking back. I remember the moment where they hang your arm when they set the bone. They hang it from like Chinese finger traps, you know. But they're wire, you know, those things that like. And so my arm is being pulled down, and they're just like oh. a guy putting his full force <laughs> on it just to get the bones to kind of like separate enough to shape them. And, and you see the, the bone in front of you. Yeah, the are you bone, screaming? Are you crying? Uh, are you like screaming? I was screaming, oh. wailing. Did oh. they did they like give you shots to numb it, but you still felt? I mean, exactly. That's... I think I woke up from the anesthesia oh. in that moment. Oh my god! And I've had a kidney stone since then, which was not as painful as this. This that that moment. Oh. Do you ever do you ever have a uh, um, PTSD or flashbacks? You like see your bone sticking out. 
I mean, that's I've never seen my bone. They, I think they shielded it from me a lot. Like I don't have a real clear visual of it. I think as soon as somebody saw it, because it was probably over here, like you can see the spot where it was. It's a little bit out of my view. Uh -huh. So I think somebody saw it and they were like, "Okay, just just you look over here," you know. But I remember, I remember seeing it. I just can't picture it in my head. That's gotta be so. Like, do you? My parents were your parents like, "God damn it! Why'd you do this? You're crazy." <laughs> Or were they? Did they like that you were just? I a think they nuts knew kid. this was bound to happen. This some some. You hope it's a broken pinky. Exactly. You know, <laughs> not a bone sticking. Well, up. I was in cast for six months. It healed bad. They had to rebreak it at one point. It became like twelve months. Oh. Along the way, my doctor saw how it'd perk up when this magician would come in through the hospital. So I uh, he 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 told my parents get him a magic book and then he kind of loosely prescribed magic as physical therapy so that's how I became a magician I got obsessed cast came off became a magic guy so this magician this was like a service the hospital offered mm -hmm. of like local magician dr. magic they called him yeah, not an anything? actual doctor sure yeah <laughs> yeah 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 was he was he good looking back um well, yeah, his tricks worked. It was the first, you know, his, he, yeah. I think he was, uh, I was old enough then, like 12, to look at that and not think like, oh, I'm watching this as an audience member, but more like, I could do that. Mm -hmm. That looks fun to do. Mm -hmm. I see what he's doing. I want to do that. I want to learn how to do that. You know what I mean? Not like, a, ooh, how did he do that? It was more like, yeah, I know what you're, I know what you're doing, but tell, you know, Tell me more about what's going on. What's in your other hand? That kind of thing. Did you ever, like, because I saw when you have kids, I think when you do magic for, like, kids, it's the cutest because they're truly young enough to think that it's magic. Real. And I don't know if, yeah. I think that's the coolest. And they forget that they're being filmed. So they're not sure. self-conscious about looking amazed or, like, letting it show that their <laughs> minds are blown, you know. There was one. There was one episode where a kid started crying, and I just curious in that moment where you were like, "Oh fuck, the man made the kid cry. Oh no, uh -huh. is this gonna? Are we gonna edit this to look <laughs> nice, or is it gonna be? How, how have you had a lot of kids cry? There was it was it was in the first episode. Mm -hmm. of, of, it was when I made this kid's marshmallow disappear, and then I blamed him for eating it. You know, we kind of recreated <laughs> the Stanford marshmallow experiment, and he was just. Yeah, it was just so sweet, and I'm essentially gaslighting him with magic. Like, yeah, I'm like, "What? You ate it?" And he's like, "No, I didn't eat it. Just disappeared." And he realizes how crazy that sounds, and he starts crying. Uh, so I swoop in, and I mean, I've over the years performed for kids for years, and yeah, kids start crying, or you know, and you get them on stage, and everyone laughs at something I say, but they think everyone's laughing at something they're doing. They just can't handle. It, you yeah, know? it's a lot when you're on the even even in a backyard birthday party. All of a sudden, you're on stage with a magician, and you're five, and everyone's looking at you like it's it's a little terrifying. Yeah, when you're not a someone who wants to be a performer. Especially. Sure. So this kid, I kind of felt that moment that I swoop in, and I um I think in the moment I thought, well, we'll cut around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then CGI the tears out, make him yeah. have a big smile. On his but then face. when we saw it, I was like, man, it's it's so real. It's so yeah real, and I think people will feel like. Oh, this is so fun. Oh my God, he really believes it. Oh, it's so sad. Mm -hmm. And then you just had to paint it red. So I was like, well, we made a kid cry. So phase one is a success. Moving on. And Dan Levy is one of my best friends, stand up comedian, yeah. Dan Levy. And uh, I remember showing him an early cut. He's like, well, you can't, you can't, you have to edit out the kid crying. Like he just, and I was like, I strongly disagree. And I think I chose wisely. I think it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay to see a kid cry if it's not, uh, 
if you if you make it right in the end. I gave him another marshmallow. I, I think it's 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 a real debate in in the age of especially social media. There there is a clip that I think is truly like the fact that like it put it in a museum. And it's essentially the make the person think they're invisible clip. Mm -hmm. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It's like a family. They make a little girl disappear. And she starts freaking. And all of a sudden, her whole family becomes like Oscar award winning actors. Like the mom does such a good job being like, where is she? Where is she? And she starts losing her mind. And it looks like the kind of thing that you need to go to therapy for later in life. It is the funniest fucking video I've ever seen. Do you, have you seen this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've seen iterations of it. Maybe this, not. It, this is one specific where this one. like little girl just like collapses and she's like, oh, 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 I'm here, mom. I'm here, mom. <sighs> and it is and, – and I don't know. I could see people watching it and going like, you just – pranks are always tricky. Everyone has their own feelings about pranks. Yeah, what's your feelings about pranks? I love good pranks. Prank. I do. I do. But I did What Would You Do? Uh, do you know the show? It's on, yeah. it's on ABC. Yeah. And there was one that they did uh, that they ended up cutting where – I don't think I signed anything. They, they You did it as a hidden camera as actor? As a hidden camera actor, mm-hmm. yeah. A big break. And, <laughs> and they um, – basically, it was uh, catfishing people. They, mm-hmm. They've done the show for so long. They've done any, every kind of moral premise you can imagine. And um, – they were setting up dates with people on dating apps and they would show one person and then when they showed up, it would be a completely different person. It was a very a crazy shoot because it was organized around setting up dates. So people mm-hmm. would cancel. People would be running late. Yep. And 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 we all had earwigs. And I was like a young actor and they said again and again, just say exactly what we tell you. They don't, they don't want me making any artistic decisions. And so this this woman comes, this young woman, I greet her. She looks confused because it was some blonde model guy and it was me. <laughs> and uh, that felt good. And and the moment we sit down, they, they go, uh, uh, propose to her. And you're like, fuck me, dude, fuck me. Mm-hmm. The, the, the worst, I think, was... You they felt s- like you're the one getting pranked for a second. You're like, wait a second. Well, I, I imagine one day that like they come out and the real thing is, what would you do to be on TV? Turns uh-huh. out it's make a woman cry. Yeah. <laughs> And and that's what happened is basically the the host came out said uh, you're what would you do and she started sobbing and and was like dating is so scary and the host like tried to pivot it to like it is and that's why we made this segment to highlight the dangers of dating <laughs> and she signed the waiver and then apparently uh, her mom called the the station later and was like. Don't you fucking dare air this segment. You, this, she's 18 or 19 or whatever. And ultimately, they didn't air it. Whole shoot day. They just yeah. threw away. So I just finished baking a prank show for the past year and a half. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm like in the weeds. Still, we're, we're, we're editing it. like it's, it's, uh, For Netflix, it's a magic prank show. Yeah. And it's so funny you mentioned the, the, that Invisible Family because we uh, were talking to them because it's a re- basically it's a revenge prank show. It's me kind of making it right karmically for all those kids that I terrorized. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just, it's like using magic to help people settle scores in their life. So I was going to help that girl reprank her family, you know? Sure. And, uh, you know, they, they were, they're over it at this point. They were like, we kind of just want to move on from that stupid video. We this hate that amazing. it keeps living on. <laughs> so I got, re- I got contacted by another kid who went viral. 
this kid Ezekiel. He was the, he's probably the second most popular one where his sisters convinced him he was invisible and he like just loses it. You see the moment the brain breaks because you're, you know, we did it on Magic for Humans where it was just to an, an adult grown man in the park and we kind of flash mobbed him into it and, and everyone kind of basically the crowd kind of gaslights him into thinking that yeah he's invisible like this is real. Uh, and with kids, obviously, it's much easier because sure. the the people who they look to for confirmation are pretending like they don't see them. So you see these; it's really heartbreaking when you see those. The kids photo really is the it. best part of it all. They, that yeah. you know, where they they take a photo before they're there, so like they can. <laughs> I mean, that's the moment where I, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's that brilliant. was our favorite addition to it. Yeah, because then because yeah. then it becomes like, oh, I can do that, you know, and everyone yeah. kind of hopped on it. Um, but it's wild doing these shoots where everything is a lie you know the whole ruse basically you're you're basically this elaborate conspiracy just to get the right person there at the right time um and you don't know what you're going to get and yeah sometimes you do have to throw out the whole day's work it's wild is that that's gonna be stressful to pitch to just i mean have you had whole shoot dates where you're like we didn't get it or this didn't work i mean you really have to like plan will this work yeah like we we did another uh uh it was it was a what would you do and it was like I was setting up a big office in in a Starbucks, like a printer and a blah blah blah. And it was really humiliating because they they keep telling me like no one's noticing, no one's noticing anything. So they want me to be bigger and bigger. And at some point they they had you know I was just getting so big that someone was like I think this is a hidden camera show. And and they felt like they blamed. Ultimately, I got like relegated. I was the voiceover in some part instead. But it was as if like my acting had been too over the top that the I shoot think date got ruined. I think that what they're missing is that the takeaway is it's a social experiment. Yeah, nobody notices these days. Like you have to be insane for people in the Starbucks to want to even. Yeah, especially can't, in you know, New York. Yeah, you got to say in, in New, New York, York. Nobody. Yeah. I, I'm sure a guy brings his desktop computer. Like it's it's <laughs> hilarious, and I think that's what's funny is that it's not weird, you know. People just mind their own business in New York too, so it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay, that guy's. Yeah, of Kinda, course. Like, of course, there's also three people sleeping on the chairs. It's yeah. like this guy's actually doing pretty well <laughs> in terms of the social work. agreement. Yeah, we got to get him a laptop, maybe an <laughs> iPad. Um, are there any? Uh, you've ever had an idea that you go, I can't do that, but fuck, that would be so fucking funny. Mm. Any any th- ones that you you or you said and they said no, we can't do that, or legally it's too tricky, or I mean, it's it's hard. It's a it's a tough needle to mm-hmm. thread. We were doing a. We had this bit that we were pretty close to shooting until our specific marks went away. But where we, where I wanted to make someone think that they uh, ate a bunch of psychedelic mushrooms when they didn't actually. So make somebody basically, you know, my bag is left out or whatever it is, and they eat them. They ate them thinking it was something else, and the labels change, and now it's like, wait, it does say it's psilocybin mushroom. And instead of them actually tripping, so it's a placebo effect. Like we magic up the entire world, like in a, you know, walls changing colors, you know, oh dudes levitating, God. like basically using magic to create the psychedelic experience to see if they would truly believe they're tripping out enough to be like to confide in somebody, be like, I need your help. I ate a bunch of mushrooms and I'm losing my shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, we got pretty close to doing it, but the the concern that kept popping up was like. Like, you know, if someone thinks they're tripping out when they're not, like, you know, they, are they are they going to do something that's a risk to their own safety? Or, like, when the guy's invisible, is he going to rob, rob a bank? Sure. You know, like, there were those concerns, which I think is 
I mean, you know you've got a good idea when there's ways that it could be very... Yeah. <laughs> it could go very awry. Well, it's also... It, I mean, so many of these remind me of... I took uh, psychology in, in high school. And, like, that... Like, there was a classic experiment of uh, some... Psych- this is back when teachers could do some wild shit. But basically told the whole class they were getting drunk at a party, but none of them actually got alcohol. Mm-hmm. And they showed the video. And by the end, they're, like, on each other's laps. Yes. And they're flirting. And it's like, that was not alcohol. You created that... F- and... and so many of those old psychology experiments today we'd be it's a stanford prison experiment it's all this stuff mm-hmm. but i feel like magic and psychology obviously they're very intertwined but whether they i, I could imagine an experimenter coming to a magician and going like help me come up with well the, the magician can come up with a way to make the variable like to create the illusion that that variable is real so like yeah. you know how would someone react if like to, to test the placebo effect on mushrooms like let's have him not be psychedelic mushrooms. Will they believe like like magic? You can create the illusion of a different reality, which I think is probably useful in science. You know, in, yeah, in social examinations. Uh, I love that stuff. I think I always loved. Uh, there was some video. It was basically about like when when babies develop cognitively, where there was a trick where they would push something off a shelf. And it wouldn't fall. It wouldn't respect the rules of gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, like, but it was a, a wall here, and it would go here. And they, they could calculate what age a baby would. It wouldn't mean anything to it. It's just taking visual inputs. And at what age the baby goes, what? And I think about like that in terms of like that's the age that a baby could could conceive of magic mm-hmm. is is when they understand what gravity is internally in some capacity. It's is or it's just as simply as like the retention of vision. Like if I have a coin, and I you know and I do the, uh, you know to my kids like to to my son Jack he's five now but like I remember early on trying to see at what point he real clocks it as magic you know mm-hmm. just something is there, boom it's gone. Yeah and, yeah, yeah and and I think up to age two the kid just kind of looks to the other hand which is somehow always where it is like sure but they're sure. just kind of like. Must have been my mistake. Hold on, it must be somewhere else. Not like uh, I'm sure it was there and now it's gone. You know, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you do it to a dog, you have to do it really quick. Like here's a treat, it's gone, and they'll just go because <laughs> they just think uh, I'm, I must have missed it falling or something. You know, because what I mean? the dog doesn't have the capability to go. Oh, they're confused. They're... Another hand would hold a thing. I mean, like like that's right. Right. I mean, I mean, like the sleight of hand of it. You know, just like you know, it's here. No, it's not, and it's you know, secretly still there. Uh, fools somebody that fools them as they get older and more experienced less so later because they just gestures and naturalness don't mean as much to a kid or a dog they just think it's not in this hand I must be confused where well it was most recently then in the other hand must still be there you know it's interesting how it doesn't work as well Um, have you so you you could go up to a dog and make a dog confused like have you ever done it (laughs) with one finger could you ever get like like 20 dogs and like confuse them all at the same time <laughs> if you were able to hold their attention well, if you, you know, had a piece of the meat old, the old tennis ball and then the, the fake throw they they'll, they'll, they all run you know and then they're That's just so, so confused i just wonder but they probably lack the ability to then feel like oh cool they're just confused, confused. and then they move on exactly <laughs> and then they don't care anymore wow can i ask is is your mother still alive? She's not. She's not. I apologize. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm sorry. I, I'm so curious because because she had Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and it was it was fascinating watching your your segment because I thought about 
on the other side of life when certain magic would no longer be impressive or just like the ability to recognize what was before and what has shifted like whether you witnessed i mean i don't know how much magic you're doing for your family if they're like please stop <laughs> mm -hmm. what do you do with your with your kids how That's much are you doing well i mean with my parents they would i wouldn't be doing magic casually i rarely do i used to but i rarely do now so when they would see me it'd be in a show right in mm -hmm. a live show and you know like um if you're, you're doing stand-up or like when you're live, th things breathe a little more, right? You milk the laughs. Like a joke might be much tighter if you're taping a TV set yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like, I'm not, no crowd work, I'm not gonna pause it, I'm gonna go strict to the script versus a live show. So, so therefore, like a magic trick's a long thing to follow with, okay, the premise, where we start, oh, he's borrowing a bill and this. And there was a time, probably a couple years into my mom having Alzheimer's, where she just, I could tell, she just couldn't follow, like the tricks were not as, here it is, now it's, gone you know yeah. that's not my kind of thing like she like the tv show there's visual big things but uh but yeah magic does start to fade away and and the politeness gets you know they you know, people with alzheimer's are often they don't want to make you make you feel bad you know so yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of like no no no, it's great or they'll she'll be so excited about the enthusiasm and the laughs in the room but that day where i shot that bit for her it I don't know how much of it resonated as magic necessarily because sure. it's a subtle trick with it she probably behaved as my mom does when i try to tell her jokes now which is that's great. Mm -hmm. That's that, really. That was the end of the joke. Ah, uh, funny. I get it. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but your mom came up with your with your first name. Yeah. That was her. Uh huh. Just incredible. By the way. Oh, it's gold. It's a That's good a name. Great name. That's it's a good, good name. Yeah. It is a good name. It's a good name. Is if it... I if there was a time when I first moved to LA, like 0203, I was doing kids' birthday parties. I just graduated college, and I was. I was like, I could go, and, and I heard what money the Wiggles were making at the time, you know. They what, were what kind of money was the Wiggles making? 10, 20, 30 million a year touring around. Really? And I was like, I could, I could go all in and just be like a kid, that kid, kid magician guy, you know, just incredible, yeah. you know. Um, what Blippi is now, you know, and yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of money in that. And if, you know, but I just, I didn't, I didn't have it in me to exclude everybody else and just focus. Like, I love kids. I think about that a lot in terms of, like, what it means to to be a kid's artist. Like, so much of my – I think about it more recently because I've noticed where I have fans and I'm like, they're 16. And I think, like, oh, I was – I'm trying to write jokes, the best jokes I can. And it's it's not a bad thing. You know, Chappelle was my favorite when I was in high school. But I'm like, that's so crazy that I'm like trying to write jokes and a 16-year-old's like, oh, I fucking love that joke. And I think about like, what is it like as an adult to have your output be for eight-year-olds? And and also like I think so much of like, especially stand-up comedy, there there is a deep wanting respect of your peers. And like you're all like trying to make the funniest joke. And then if you are a kid's artist, whether there's anything weird, if you go to your musician friends who are writing songs about pain and you're like, yeah, I wrote one about the pain of of your mom packed the wrong Lunchables and you're with your friends and they're like, cool. Your <laughs> friends are never like, hey, I love that that new juice box bit that you uh -huh. wrote. <laughs> and you, you, you thought about it. You can't go up at the cellar with the, of what course. you do for a living, you're saying. You have to kind of pivot it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's probably why I... I just knew that my calling was a little bit more. That wasn't the my authentic. Self. How how big 
were these kids or we were, we were making good money kids birthday parties yeah yeah i was i was like but i'm uh, you know i'm playing to the kids but i'm really playing to the back of the Your room Pixar so it's movie. like a cl comedy club in that you know it's more fun to make the fellow comics in the back of the room laugh just like at a kids party it's more fun to make the parents who are lingering in the back I, I, my uh, my goal was like i'm just going to make sure that they 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 shut up and they can't help but watch cuz it's just such a funny good show cuz otherwise they they all turn into chat you know even sure. and then the, everything suffers you know so i was like this the show i'm going to make the parents think it's for the kids but they'll quickly realize it's it's for the adults really any any cuz those those parties i mean for comedy it can be so hard same with magic it demands a degree of attention for it to be working mm -hmm. any any gigs that it was just like you were perform it was chaos disastrous corporates or kids oh man other oh, yeah so many um, well, I would do like bar and bat mitzvahs sometimes where before I knew the only <laughs> I way I make your works, foreskin reappear and yes. <laughs> <laughs> change shapes into the four of clubs. <laughs> I would do uh, strolling magic. That's the only event like that's the style of magic that you would do at a just a, any sort of big nutty party where it's there's no. There's no show. I am the show wherever I go. So I'm striking up conversation. Hey, how's it going? I'm just a woman. I'm the magician, actually. So I'm not going to show you guys a trick. And you kind of go from group to group. And very much it's like, a, how's it going? Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm the magician. And you yeah, just kind of. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, but trying to do a trick in front of a, a big crowd like that where no one's got the capacity for more than 20 seconds of whatever you're saying is pretty tough with S magic. So strolling, when you went to the bar mitzvah, were you there? You going up to like. If I was hanging out with my 13-year-old friends and some adult came over like, hey, kids, mm -hmm. where, was it? Well, I wasn't, a, like, I haven't done a bar mitzvah for maybe eight to 10 years. So I was maybe 30-ish. And then I think I looked probably 25-ish. So I think it was kind of like, a, oh, who's this guy? Someone's someone's uh -huh. older brother's over here. The cool, sure. uh, cool older brother. At least that's what I thought. I was deluding myself <laughs> and thinking that's what I was being. They weren't thinking, who's that pedophile coming yeah. over here with yeah. a deck of cards? But you'd find, like, it's... Especially for like wallflowers at a party like that, they gravitate. Oh yes, there's something to do other than dance. I don't want to dance. I don't want to, you know. Yeah. So I get, I'm gonna follow the magician around. You know, sometimes the kids get a little grabby. They're like, it's up your sleeve. No, no, and you know, you'll you'll find you'll get a kid's hand in your pocket and you have to oh swat it away. Sure, yeah, sure. Like, what of the the slate of gigs was it like? Fuck, I have a. Was it ever? Was it fuck? I have a bar mitzvah this weekend, or, or was there an age? Of kids' birthday, where you're like, oh fuck, it's a it's a twelve year old party. Mm. That's sometimes that's where they're all going through four. puberty. And it's four. It's, it's super young. Like sometimes a parent will have seen me at a five or six year old. They're like, we really want you to do it. It's a fourth birthday. There's going to be kids ages two, three, and four. And then they're so young that you can't even worry about playing in the back of the room because they're just losing them. They're they're walking all over the place. Like it's just too yeah. young. And then I, you know, maybe the money was great or something. That's why I, I normally it's like I have a hard line. You know, it's like. It's f four and three quarters and up, or that's it, or whatever, whatever. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, sometimes you'll be like, yeah, I'll take the gig. Sounds good, and you'll regret it later. Oh God. Because mm -hmm. you're kind of an expensive babysitter in some in some instances. If they don't like know you or think that you know like you know they're not hyping you up, it's kind of like, all right, kids, the magician, so that we can all drink for an hour, you know, mm -hmm. and you just shuffle them away. We've had on Mac the Knife. Do you know who Mac the Knife is? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, performer uh, uses knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colleges. Does, like, does colleges? Does a lot of colleges. Yeah, I know him from NACA. He, he, he talked about working with Roy Wood Jr. at NACA. Uh -huh. um, I only did a Zoom NACA. 
you you don't do you've I used to do NACAs all the time yeah yeah for 10 years I did like I was I was 200 shows a year I was just uh, like a road dog yeah it was it was that that's that was like my the boot camp the real are you still I'm so interested in the craft of magic in terms of like I know techniques can be are they they're not legally copywritten just like within the community they're copywritten or like you know Harrison Greenbaum I'm sure Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I know he had some dispute with someone of like some trick where it was like it was his trick but someone said it was like I don't your whole world it's it's is is there an organization a whole bunch of gray area yeah it's is there one main organization like the no I mean And an organization, I would say, is is an organization as much as, uh, you know, AAA or something. It's like they're not going to go to bat for you or of get, <laughs> get all up in your business. You know, uh, there's there are several like magic uh, clubs and and organizations: the International Brotherhood of Magicians, Society of American Magicians, the Magic Castle, uh-huh. who kind of have. Um, I mean, for the most part, magicians just have to police themselves. You know, the art form polices itself. And hopefully disputes get resolved or at least discussed or at least people are given a chance to decide how they feel about it, you know. Um, I might be the guy that Harrison was talking about, by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, then I I apologize. I I take no sides. I don't even know a single thing about it. But but in magic, you know, the thing is is that there's (laughs) there's, – like uh, there, there's so many ways to take a trick and spin it and make it, make it feel like brand new, you know. But it's for you know, sure based on another trick, and then there's you know. But you're all using. Then it's like, what's the original part? Is it the presentation? Is it the script? Or is it the actual prop or the gimmick, the invisible thing? You know, like magicians are the only ones who know like how you did it or what you used. So that's kind of harder to state claim. Well, that's what I'm confused about because, like, was there a time when someone says, I had the fake thumb. The mm-hmm. fake thumb was me. Like, I, like yeah. when does it become public domain for magicians to do what they will? And when is it a unique Well, here's thing. an example. Like, Teller of Penn & Teller uh-huh. has a beautiful routine that he's done forever. The Rose? The Rose. The Rose. You know, that he... Uh, you know, even though it's a pantomime, it is. There's no word spoken. He what does he do? Just you haven't heard it. It's he's got a basically. A, uh, there's a, a rose in a vase with a light that is basically projecting its silhouette onto a large screen behind him, uh-huh. a paper screen. So you've got this. You know, it's maybe a, a foot and a half tall in real life, but on the screen, it's like this beautiful uh, six foot tall projection. And yeah. Teller's admiring the rose, and then he goes up to the shadow of it and he takes out a knife. And to the shadow of the rose, he kind of like nicks the base of it. Mm-hmm. And then a petal of the real rose falls. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it it's becomes this beautiful poetic metaphor for so many different things. But just the idea of... Yeah, you could put any you know, story you You could put any story. And he, he doesn't. Life. He lets yeah, you just sure. take... That's why I think it holds up so many times over the years. It's that every time I watch it, I kind of interpret it differently. So it's a beautiful yeah. performance piece. Eventually, all the... The petals fall, and you can see it on YouTube. It's got a cool, dark ending to it. People have been trying to rip this trick off for years because what's special about it is the performance of it. Like, I don't know how he makes the leaves fall off the rose, but I'm sure You really don't know? No. I've never even tried to dig into it. I'm sure, because, because here's the thing. How, what would you think? That it's some interesting, crazy animatronic gadgetry that can drop a petal at a time? Maybe. Uh, sure. Is it much simpler than that? Maybe. What I hope it's something very 
like so basically you could do that trick you could the, the method could mean many different things to accomplish that same effect but what teller does with that effect this performance piece is the beautiful i think uh trademarkable or you mm-hmm. know uh i guess in theater how you would how uh, playwright kind of yeah. mark of mark i'm of surprised i guess i assume that you would see it and go oh the the something something method where uh, like, like you would just like the same way if you saw any sleight of hand. I bet like there's a card trick I used to know that like it was it was a good card trick. And I feel like if I showed it to you, you would know right. You'd just be like, oh, I know the technique. Mm-hmm. I know what that mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. But with with this, with you, this, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't that's know. That's so cool. I kind of like when I don't know. Sure. And uh, but he's had a lot of people try to rip it off and market it. So I think it's one thing if another magician like tries to perform their own version of it, and then. You know, he gets wind of it, and then you know maybe it's a cease and desist or something, and or the magic community. This goes with anything. The magic community kind of, you know, frowns upon, uh, or at least you know the rumor mill goes. But and, what and about it, like base, like like the technique of oh, he thought of a new way to use a uh, invisible string to do a like. Do you ever invent like a new? Technique? Or are you literally taking all the techniques that exist and just creating new tricks around it? Is there an inventor of mm-hmm. wow, a new? Oh, there are great inventors, and yeah. I and I do occasionally stumble upon uh, through trial and error a great technique that like oh, no one's ever done it like that before, right? And yeah. I and I and I feel like um, if you're using my technique to do a trick that is public domain, there's nothing I can do or say about it. That's that's cool. sure. Just remember where you got it from, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. Fun. You know, tell tell them whose idea that was. But if you are, um, you know, like where it gets, it gets fishy is that you take a classic idea, let's just say you, the sawing a person in half trick, but you do it in a way that when people watch it, it's like, it's hilarious, it's layered, it's a metaphor for our political system, and it's like a four, five sure. minute monologue, like it's like, oh, this is great. Israel-Palestine. Right, it's Whoa. not the trick that's original, but it's yeah. like this performance of it. And I feel like that's where people, if somebody else tried to do my script on AGT, I think people would be like, yo. Yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah. he's like, he, he could defend himself and just be like, I'm just doing the song in half trick. It's the oldest trick in magic. But it's like the way, you know, sure. it's the way you're doing it. So who has more, cause you, you, you're, you're in comedy and, and you understand, you see this, the standup world at least, which is my world. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of degrees of like, who's respected, who's, I mean, it's very fractured these days. We all have our own little camps now. But like, is magic even more? Is it? Is it? Is it like, oh, so and so is is considered a hack, or so and so? Is it a is it a bitchy community? It is. <laughs> it is. Do you think it's bitchier than comedy? Um, I think where it get, you know, the tall poppy aspect of it, where anybody, when anyone gets really successful, like, mm-hmm. and and lately, like, comedians are selling out arenas. Like, it's very easy to make a case that like. It's crazy that so and so is that successful, like just because it's out of jealousy or you know, rage or insecurity, and you'll be looking for things that they may be looking for proof that they didn't deserve it or they stole something. You know what I mean? Like magicians, it's like in comedy, you've got the trove of uh, the infinite ideas of things to 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 riff about. In magic, if you are a magician, there's some trick and there's some magical effect involved, and there's only there's more of a finite number of of magical things that can happen. Stuff that can appear, it can disappear. It can levitate. It can teleport. It can 
change colors. It can, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's melt through another thing. Like there's a, and then, you know, what, what, is it a prediction? Did you know what I was going to say before I said it? You pull out a deck of cards, like instantly, like the numbers of things. So, so it, it is easy for magicians who might do, like when David Blaine first came out, his special, and everyone's talking about David Blaine, magicians, including myself, and I was like maybe 14 at the time, were so like all, all pissed because we're like, this guy's got a special and he's doing the same tricks I'm doing. I do that trick. Sure. I can bite a quarter. I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ambitious card. It's like when card. a comedian, like, they talk about catcalling. There's sometimes you see a special <laughs> where you're like, ooh, I know 20 people who are going to be pissed that they right. told this twist. <laughs> or it's like, you know, like Matt Reif or any comedians who are very much skyrocketing and, you know, people who aren't paying attention are kind of like, oh, who, where'd this guy come from? You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And they just, uh, yeah, there's, there's this kind of... Uh, Jealousy where you're, they, like I clearly wasn't able to see what he was doing that was different, which was he's using the same tricks and making them miracles. They're not tricks the way he does them, you know? Yeah. Like watch him do a trick, watch him do the same magical effect, and they think that, the, that they're witnessing the second coming of Jesus. They run away. Like I never had people <laughs> like grown men run away because they think like David Blaine, like he was this total yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, you know? So it didn't matter what he did. And uh, magicians, it takes them a little while to, like we think the tricks are so important. But what's really important is what you do, what you have to say. It's all about delivery too. Cause if I tried saying, if I try going on stage and saying like your standup routine, it's not Paige, going to be. I would love be, it. I would love to see it. It Any would be day, the worst feel free thing you've ever seen it. in your entire life. I would fucking <laughs> love it. How do you, I, I often uh, get in arguments with anyone that comes on and talks about uh, psychics or talks about anything. <laughs> I, 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 I went through my believer phase. Yes, very skeptical. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I, you know, I, I watched. I, I, I have Flim Flam, mm -hmm. the the amazing Randy book, mm -hmm. and I, uh, I found myself very frustrated with it all. How how, what's your view on on people who use? Let me just also say, I read a lot about um, there was some camp where someone was bringing back dead people from the dead, and it was uh, cheesecloth, I guess, and 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 you can bundle it up, and they would take it out and pretend to be the husband. In this one particular camp, this psychic pretended to be these widows' husbands and had sex with them, and didn't get busted until uh, an STD spread around the camp. I mean, so so I, I look at all this stuff, and I'm like, this is. And and I feel like like Randy, the amazing Randy, is like part of it was like he, I feel he, Randy about it. Yeah, yeah, saying? yeah. <laughs> but it was like he's like, oh, I know how this is done, and yeah. you're using it, and you're lying to people. Uh, how do you feel about psychics, or when you see people using what you're using for a prank show, but they're actually tricking people out of? Uri Geller, uh, recently there was an article about Uri Geller. I don't know if you're friends with him. No, not friends. So Uri Read Geller. This this article pissed me off. It was in the New York Times, and it was taught, he he basically he professed that he could actually do this magic. He could make spoons bend, and he could do other tricks and whatnot, and build this big reputation. And this this article in the New York Times talked about him being older now, and in a way, he's sort of like let go of the this is all real. He kind of is a performer, and it is all. And I'm like, fuck you. That's not how you built it. You lied to people. And, and you use that to make people who don't have the brain to go to, to, to see the, to be skeptical. You made all your money and now you're just gliding off. Fuck off. 
But he still, I think, tries to have his cake and eat it too by still holding on to like, no, but no, that is real. Like I, there is a special gift and this and this. It's like you have to kind of pick a side, you know. Are you coming clean or are you uh, – how do you how do you look at it? I mean, like I, like I'm from the Randy Penn and Teller POV. I think because honestly, just like coming up in Magic, I was just so exposed to that anti-psychic, uh, you know, like kind of like Houdini used to debunk spiritualists and mediums. Well, I brought know? up to this person, I because they're always like, but what if? But what if I'm like Houdini? If since you probably know. He had a, a number in his head, then he put that number in a safe, and he said to all the believers out there, he said, when I die, bring me back. I'll tell you the number. You can unlock the safe. There's all the proof you need. Right. And obviously, never happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't get, as, I don't get as angry about it. Like, because I, I, I kind of, I want someone to be legit. Like, I, I, I don't know about psychics necessarily, but I feel like I like the idea. Like, I ha I've never seen a ghost. I've never had hard proof that somebody is telling me things that could only be possible if they're you know talking to my relative over my shoulder or something uh -huh. but i you want to know I why want, in my I opinion want it to because be, it's, it's not real it's not it real can't happen but <laughs> <laughs> really you so you still have you you're not a you're like my sister and i went to a medium once uh, after how? my mom passed away you know how all these techniques work and, but Cold I, I reading? will say like she didn't do, there's no magic it was you know it's <clears throat> it's classic cold reading. It's classic. Can you say what cold reading is for people <clears throat> from like a, a real authority? Essentially, um, just a psychological way of speaking and and steering a conversation to emphasize the things you're saying that are correct or <clears throat> make sense and d devaluing the things that don't. And you're steering. So to me, it's the cousin of crowd work. So it's I like, love you the know, similarities you, between you, the two. You lost someone recently. They go, uh, you know, well, not, no, not, not so recently. It's the letter yeah, yeah, M has so something recently. to do. M, you know, and you're kind of looking for hit until it's like, yes, M, yes. Okay, you know, that's right. And you're covering your own mistakes just by the fact that obviously there's room for error. This is not an exact science. And, and it's very compelling. Like, Have you ever done it? I've not done cold reading. I feel like I, I mean, in magic, there are ways to uh, create the, you know, just use the way that you speak or the, the things that you do to do the same thing, essentially. But, it, but do you not think with someone's manip manipulating someone's vulnerable, vulnerable self. Million dollars, you get a gig, mm -hmm. and everyone's going to forgive you for this. It can be for a show. You're gonna it's, you're gonna go up at a comedy club sold out, and you're gonna be you're gonna say that you're a cold reader. Do you think you could pull it off? Hmm. I think that's a fun that you should. I would love to see. I mean, what a great improv game! I, really, all it is cold reading is it's it's improv. It's yes handing you know yourself as you go, and you're kind of sure, but the other people don't know that right. you're doing that. I will say, people really just want to. I mean, I'm a skeptical magician who knows it's all BS, and I still want to want to experience something real me too maybe even more than normal people you know i i agree with that but that's why i can't stand when the it's something obvious when it's obviously a scam or it's mm -hmm. obviously it's it's well like i tell i'm honest i tell people i mean i'm a magician yeah they're tricks like even even a little kid when they come up you know how you know like how do you do, do those powers I, I i don't say like hair i don't lean into like it's some Harry Potter stuff or wizard, you know, I, it's like very clear practice. It's a trick. There's an illusion. There's something like, uh, I just feel like that's important to 
make that clear, people still don't believe it. People think that's exactly what you would have to say if you were uh-huh. if you were a warlock, you know? Like I did a bit where I it was inspired by Randy, who would do psychic surgery, you know, which yeah. is where he has somebody who was claiming an ailment. This is an, this is like a, I think a, uh, I don't even know the part of the country, so I probably don't want to. I, I think in in South America, there's an ancient technique of making it look like you're removing the harmful toxins this from the body. Like you're Oprah removing would have the publicized cancer. and said, "This is a miracle." Yeah. Like, and it's sleight of hand. Up. It's sleight of hand. It's palming, you know, palming in, you know, uh, chicken go, innards. Go to, yeah, chicken innards, and and it looks like. Oh my God, it looks like it's coming out of their stomach. Then they're, yeah. And then often, uh, Andy Kaufman, I think. Andy Kaufman, went, went fa- they, they did in the movie that where Jim Carrey was him, where like he was ill, mm-hmm. and, and rather than get all the necessary medical treatments, he went to this place, and, and <laughs> they took out another animal's guts out of their hand. And, and there's a placebo said, Great. effect you know, to this, in a sense, but that's, sure, that's all sure. it is. So, you know, but these people are raking in money, and you yeah. know, Randy would expose this on The Tonight Show. So I, I wanted to do a new version where it's me uh, removing people's NSA chips, you know. Oh, that's so smart. Like people, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, you've been shipped. Or, so Don't smart. get vaxxed. Now, this was like years ago. This was maybe, we did this in season one of Magic for Humans. So this Pre-COVID? Was, oh, yeah. Pre-COVID. It's probably God, shot as You know that video would go viral and people would say it's real. Yeah. And it would be a disaster. I'm just spouting conspiracy theories, but we got the trick looking so good where it really looks like you see this. Big old chip come out of their skin, Ugh. and I, I'm using a penis pump as the as the removal device. You know, like it's. <laughs> I thought it was. I was making it clear that this is ridiculous, and I get, I get messages. No joke. I mean, I probably have one here. Uh, once a week. From yeah, people, up. I want, I want from people wanting my help removing their chips, where they swear they've been chipped. Um, I got a really good one here. Oh my god, and that's 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 the problem. That's yeah. I feel bad. I mean, I want to tell them. <laughs> Well, I, I, what not real. that whole bit was incredible because like you pulled people into a van just like off the street it, and it makes it in such a way like you know don't follow a stranger into a van and then this whole crazy like <laughs> medical setup in there with the nsa chip getting pulled out it's it's if amazing. you did that postcode people would i mean they, they would believe it I, I always think like the reason I think I get frustrated about psychics and, and, and astrology, for example, is I go like we live in a world where all I mean, all anyone fucking talks about is disinformation. And they talk about how how with the vaccine, the whole thing was like, well, how do we fucking function as a society when people believe in things? And so when I see a bunch of fucking uh, uh, my, my liberal friends who were going, get the vaccine. You're a fucking idiot if you don't get the vaccine. And then where are they getting their marching orders from? The moon. And I go like, you cannot tell people to follow <laughs> the science if you're following Mars. It To me, <laughs> they do not match as, as the world that you're trying to live in. What's the message? Just subject line, microchip. Am I reading this? Yeah, go for it. Hello, sir. I seriously got illegally injected with a microchip. How much would you charge to remove? I only have one microchip. But he's attached photos. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are the photos of? Oh From my God. x-rays. <laughs> what? Where he, th- he thinks that's what's in him. I think he's just trying to show me like that's the, that's oh, the okay. shape. Okay. Can you show the photo of the... That's the, the, yeah. so funny. Um, oh, yeah. There, that... So here. Oh. I don't know what part of his body this is, but there's some <laughs> something there that he thinks is a, is a, is a chip. But it's very earnest. And... Whoa. 
So, so how I much charged did you charge him? Ten grand. <laughs> Come on. But that's what people do. The, the strike was do. happening. No, that's exactly what people do. <laughs> you know. And and then like even like with mediums, you know, it's kind of like. But that's why I get. That's that's why. It feels like it's honestly something that like I have to like let go of on the podcast because every time someone I can't every time someone says you're a Leo I knew it <laughs> like go into a thirty minute diatribe but that's that's why I think that's why I think like Randy I mean Randy it felt like when people get really charged about it I don't know why Randy felt so the amazing Randy I keep saying like Randy like old Randy <laughs> you remember I saw him at the funeral but but he was so he was mad. He was, he came off like he was mad. Mm -hmm. He said, there are liars and they are lying to people actively. Not only are they profiting from it, but they are, are misleading people into thinking the world is different than it is. And it made him angry. And I have that, I have a little bit of, of that sense. Now, do you think, you know, he was, he just found his identity. He found his sweet spot. Like, were, were, were was it running as rampant as a, is it as big of a problem as Randy was saying it was or did you not astrology, even know it but astrology is I mean it's 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 in sections of newspapers and it's not a problem until I mean uh, uh, President Reagan's wife had an astrologist who would would you know she'd say to Reagan like I think you should bomb there instead of there like these sometimes it's as as A to B as that but overall I think when things like the vaccine happen or big, big questions happen. And as we deal with uh, uh, AI generated art that starts to be indiscernible from from any from reality, there is a world that is not skeptical enough. And I think in the history of humanity, you sh like skepticism is what should be taught at schools because we ultimately deal with adults who are constantly being misinformed or not questioning. And it's just about that point of view, approaching everything with skepticism that I feel like magicians have because they literally have to prey on people sometimes who actually, you have, you know, you're performing for some people who go, wow, what an amazing technician. I have no idea how that's done. Incredible. And some people who go like, that's a, that's a magic person. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I, it it just it it bothers me, and I feel like people get frustrated all the time about people politically or with the vaccine or with the microchip, like falling for things. And I go, you are actively falling for things too. You are in no place to actually judge. And luck, it's it's fine. They go, well, astrology, it's just it's 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 cutesy. I'm like, but that leads to other places. That's my opinion. I mean, misinformation. I mean, if Randy was still alive, you know, like the, I, I would say. It's just now there's so many in that same vein. There's so many bigger fish to fry. Just in the the war on misinformation, it's it's like it's nice when it was about spoons. It's like spending. even it, when when even if I tell you like uh, like yeah, it's it's it, it, it yeah. Those seems like the the good old days where it was just an exchange of money. But now it's kind of uh, it's an it's an exchange of truth, and it's changing our our world. You know that's where it's a little scary. With all with all the the you know you you have all these projects where you have to like be you're not just doing magic but you're also like thinking of the TV show and the script do you feel like you're at the height of your magic a bit like like I could be a, a a good stand up comedian and then I could have a TV show and it's like I'm making a great TV show but I'm like ooh I'm not the greatest comic I could be do you ever do you ever look at like 
magicians who just stayed on the road or or who just did card tricks and you go, oh, I, I made an exchange of making these creative things, but I could have been even stronger at sleight of hand. Or do you feel like you're in as good magic shape? Like, I don't know how it is with magicians, just like how you view it. Like, I know what it is when I'm on the best shape for, for being in the one craft of stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is it like like for you? Do you ever do you ever look at a, mag a magician who never made the TV show and go, wow, they are so good at the fucking raw craft of it? Yeah. Or are you at the height of your powers? Well, I mean, I, I, I very clearly, I think, chose my lane, which was not to be like, uh, you know, this finger-flinging, sleight-of-hand magician, you know, like people like Shin Lim, you know, Shin Lim, who he won AGT, his, you know, okay. with just incredible sleight-of-hand technique and can do bonkers stuff. And you're like, I can't believe this is not a special effect that's happening live. Like, that I I love that types those types of magic, and I feel like when you go to the magic house, you sit in a close up room, you know when you're in the hands of a sleight of hand, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, maestro, and it's so cool to see. Uh, I found like stand up comedy magic to be my my sweet spot in that I can do tricks that are. Um, you know, they're, they're not as technically demanding. They're more perfor technical performance demanding. You know, obviously mm -hmm. you need to l not look like you're doing something. You know, you need to be good and competent and confident. I've been doing it long enough in all types of magic and all types of venues to feel like I can, I can, uh, and also for the TV show, oftentimes we'll, we'll in invent a trick and I will have to learn it and master it in a matter of two or three days versus like, I'd like to do it for six months before I, yeah. immortalize it on television, you know, yeah. like, but you don't have that luxury. So I've gotten good at getting it quick, you know, for, for a bit or whatever. Um, but I could definitely like my, my new, like, I, I wish, I wish I had the time to kind of like learn a couple new tricks a week and always have something on me to be fiddling with, you know yeah. what I mean? Like because of the many hats we wear, um, the magic hat sometimes maybe gets like, I'm good there. Let's work on writing. Let's work on like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like developing. Like for me, like I'm at this point where um, my tricks either need to get, you know, my venues aren't going to get any bigger if my if maybe the show doesn't get a little bigger. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. You know, like I I've I use live cameras and stuff when I tour, and and so you kind of, you know, a two thousand seat theater. You know, like even with the screens, I feel like the people in the back. That you about to maxed it out unless you're doing something bigger, larger than life, you know. Yeah. Like, and I'm not a Copperfield kind of guy, you know, in terms of like big scale, crazy things. So it's like, do I, do I get into that territory of like, like I, you know, of course Ed Sheeran's just a guy on a guitar and he's playing stadium. So it's like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. You kind well, of you start want thinking, to, or is it? Well, like, I just, I, I yeah, I but love, then you have a team and it's like you have that yeah, it's crew, like, like I love that. how like it's me and and my crew of two. And we check our bags and we rent a car. Like it's pretty streamlined. Like, f you know, f to play a to play a. That's you know. why I like stand up. I think ultimately is I did theater and like right. or sketch comedy. And it's like props and costumes. And I'm like, I just love that I can fucking walk up there. Right. But I think I, I wish I had a new like I, I haven't had the time to write new live material as with the frequency that I like so that I feel like uh, like I, the show is it's it's kind of like in its pocket right now. I got it. it's it's, yeah. it's great, but I, I I I miss having two or three new things in the show that makes that I that I'm super nervous about and obsessing about for the hour beforehand. Like I love 
I just love feeding a fresh log on the fire, and I feel like I haven't maybe done that. Is in there a while. ever you ever have a new trick or something you're working on where it just fucking went wrong? I mean, to the degree of like the fake thumb fell off the hand and it went into the. Yeah, I, I had this idea to do a bit where um, I have like a, God, what was it? A giant ball of yarn that goes into the audience and I throw it out to one person and I'm like, give me a give me a type of animal, for example. Okay, great, throw the ball to somebody else. Name a um, type of candy or something, throw the thing to somebody else. Give me a, any playing card, whatever. Uh -huh. And then we unroll that ball of yarn and inside is a, let's say they said a cat, like a stuffed cat and inside that cat is a uh, Kit Kat bar. And so the Kit Kat yeah. bar is their card. I can't remember what it was, but like a three, uh, you know, one, two, three uh, prediction reveal. And I was gonna open the show with it. And I, you know, there's a magic technique sometimes where you have to do a little uh, show before the show to um, prime certain people uh, to, like, for example, like, if I were to go up in a Tucson theater and be like, "Sir, here, pick a card, please." Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That would it, it, versus I had him pick a card ahead of time, right? So when I say sure. name a card, just think of the card that you picked. So he's kind of like, "Okay, well, you don't know what it is. Okay, I'm going to sit seven times. I'm going to remember that." I see. So you know, it's a little show before the show. Right? Yeah, it's a magic technique. Maybe I'm saying too much. Maybe I'm about to get kicked out of the union. But <laughs> the idea is that uh, I was so uh, cocky thinking I could do three of those at once, and none of them worked. I did this at Tempe Improv. It was like the first tour date. So this ball of yarn goes in the audience, name any animal. And I, I thought it was the person. I, she's like, octopus. Cool. Oh, any, how, about, how about any land animal? Oh. Is this the right? Okay. No, how, right. Do you have any pets? Okay, neighbors, <laughs> just how do we get to a cat? I'm caught, you know, and then and then it's like fail, fail, fail. And I think one one of them maybe worked enough that I thought I'm gonna unroll this ball of yarn, which once I did it on stage, I realized it took so much longer than I thought. So it's like, I, I definitely don't have shtick to cover oh three minutes God. of unraveling yarn. And then it's, it was a weird, that only happened once. Sometimes you can tell like something's got promise. You so should, one thing was right? One thing one was right thing at the end? One thing of the three. It was and clearly you played not. it off like, Oh, didn't get that one, didn't get that one. Uh -huh. Whoa, look at that. Yeah, exactly. That is so funny. I wish I could just see your face when they said octopus. And you went, mm, <laughs> no, something with a C. I, I mean, I, I luckily like uh, doing it long enough that I kind of can laugh about those moments or at least know that I don't need to be afraid of like... I can always spin something so it doesn't feel like it's much, as much of a failure failure to the audience as I know it is. But even if it was a total failure, I know. Well, all right, let's get into gear. I've got now. I've got to hit everything else from this point on, and and I know they'll forget about that. Yeah. You know, you put a new bit between. You know, you kind of no, softball a new bit between two workers, and you know, eventually. I, I try to remember sometimes because on stage I can go like, wow, I I in a crowd work thing like, oh, I missed that joke, missed that joke, missed, and sometimes I'm like. I know when it does. I know if I keep it confident, they don't know that I, that was a miss. Right. You know, and it's just that illusion. And I have to fight it on stage with just that feeling of like, I'm failing, I'm failing, I'm failing. You yeah. just fake it. Well, often corporates, you know, I'll do a corporate gig and, and you're thrown off, man, because, you know, you might have just gotten off, off tour, you're performing for your fans and everything's hitting, even the, uh -huh. the subtle things. And then you're like, are they, is my mic even on? Like these people. <laughs> Like they don't, they didn't know you, so they're they're on board, but they definitely aren't picking up on your your subtle comedic tone, you know, yeah. like in certain places, and it's brutal.
Um, so before we go into our, our next segment, this has got to stop. So this is more about the question. Obviously, everyone who meets you wants to say, can you do a trick? Mm-hmm. Does it does it bother you? Does it? Do you get exhausted by it? Do you go, God damn it? Or are you like, I have a quick one that's easy to do? I'm asking in the meta way first before I literally <laughs> yeah. ask it or not ask it. No, no, this is an interesting feel. thing because I, I know I know that people even if even if it's not even spoken ahead of time, like hey, you can do a trick. I know that people always want to see magic. Now I know it's different. You know, if I was going on, um, like KTLA to do a three minute segment, I know it's pretty clear I'm going to do magic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for a you know a long form conversation like this, it's kind of knowing that I that there's the expectation for a trick sometimes will keep me in my head and not let me be as in the moment like, sure. for a conversation. Um, like in real life, if like an Uber driver is like, oh, here, I'm at a red light, do a trick. Like it's just like uh, oh, like a jarring switch from my real yeah, yeah, yeah. life, you know, to get on, you know. I'd prefer that I'm like, well, come see a show, you know, or I'm sure, sure you're like, well, say something funny, you know. It's like, well, uh, for me, it. I always, I mean, there's a deg- they'll say, say a joke. And I go, it won't. I, I've made the mistake before. You, it's it's awkward because I have to say no, it won't work because that's my thing. Is I'm like, it will not. You, it will not work in this setting. If I tell you one of my jokes, it'll be uncomfortable. I'll say it. You won't laugh, and it'll be weird. And I've I used to make the mistake. I once was in a line at some club in L.A. and there was like a girl and it felt like we were flirting in line. And she was like, say a joke. I was like, no. And she's like, say a joke now. And then finally, like 15 minutes in line, I was like. Okay, and I told my best opener at the time, and it was just like, <laughs> yeah. And then turned away, and it was over, and I was like, but it's awkward because they are they're insistent. Yeah. So that said, it's like um, also sometimes like I feel um, like I I used to I had a period where I would get uncomfortable with doing that strolling magic, you know, yeah, that yeah, I described, yeah. where it feels like. Like I'm, you know, like I'm such like a dancing monkey, you know, like I that I loved. I like doing a show on stage. I'm, I'm on the mic. I, you know, I get to kind of curate this thing. Um, Magic for humans obviously is definitely a mountain, a mountain of in the world, but it's like you know, it's for it's for the cameras, it's for them. But uh, yeah, Matt, so I I do have a, <laughs> a a trick that I can. T- this is an audible trick that that your listeners could appreciate, Ooh. participate in, and then potentially re-listen to uh, once or twice and understand how For to sure. perform it as well. Let's start recording is, the audio. Yeah, um, <laughs> perfect. This has just been pantomime. <laughs> this has all been a teller uh, We dub it play. over. It's very fun. But this, you probably heard, this, is, this one holds up. I always love this one. Think of a number, for, and nobody say it out loud, but do this in your head. Think of a number from one to 10. Got a number? Yeah. Both yeah. Of, uh, yeah, both of you do it. Don't say it though. Everybody listening, think of a number from one to 10. Just keep it quiet in your head. Now multiply that number by nine. I can't okay. do math. Yeah. <laughs> In my head like take that. Take it short <laughs> to five by nine. I take a moment. Yeah. So now you probably have uh, um, a two-digit number, likely. Add those two digits together. So if your number was eleven, you'd add one plus one. So now you have a new number. Yeah. Now subtract five from this number. So you have a new new number, and take this new new number and correspond it to a letter in the alphabet. A is one. B is two. C is three. And now take this letter in the alphabet and think of a, a country that starts with that letter. Mm-hmm. Now, you got a country? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now think of the second letter of that country and think of an animal. 
Mm-hmm. And that's prepos- there's no elephants in Denmark. I think I did it wrong. <laughs> now, yeah, no, no. Now you, I, I, I don't know. Your brain was. I could tell you were potentially doing what I asked, and then trying to see what would happen if I also would have done this. I would have done that. I would have done that. So that's it. That's it. I remember having my mind. I went elephant, so and I said elephant is what everyone going to say, and then I went eel right after. Oh, but so it you're was an eel elephant. in Denmark. It was Denmark, mm-hmm. and my first thought with Denmark was, "Is Denmark a country?" I forget. <laughs> and then, the, but then the next it was elephant was first. Who were you ostrich, Dominican Republic? I have <laughs> no, you weren't even a D. My brain is not working today. <laughs> <laughs> Paige was like Maryland, <laughs> anteater. There's like Canada and like um, what anteater? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, but but I totally then you did it wrong. You know, that's but Denmark for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Denmark no, for sure. That's one of those things that I just uh, Max Maven, who's a brilliant magician who passed away within the past year but he was a you know a mentalist you know and i just love the that bit i remember learning that as a kid i was like i could do that on a deserted island uh-huh <laughs> once <laughs> until yeah. they're on to me um but yeah there's one listeners you can um steal that script and hopefully your hit rate will be better than mine was at it's, this right. <laughs> most people aren't as skeptical as me yeah. uh no i like that uh all right so this has got to stop this is our segment normally oh, have yeah. music cue one day We'll okay. have them here. We don't have them here. We, well, the music studio's got to got to stop. Actually, that's why they're, n- mm-hmm, they're not mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. What's something that's got to stop? It could be magic. It can be personal. Anything. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Um, well, how about the 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 like the pre like the Zoom small talk? It's like well, everyone knows why you're on a <laughs> Zoom. We're here to discuss this thing. But there's the couple minutes of even when everyone's there. Yeah, how's ever okay? Yeah, Halloween. What are you guys gonna be for Halloween? I just like to, I like small talk sometimes in person, but man, it's cringy on Zoom. I want to get right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's got to stop. And then there's a feeling of like, if there's six boxes, it's like, let's one box at a time. Everyone do their show and tell of what you're up to today. Mm-hmm. And then every, and then you're thinking like, oh, I better say something good. I better say and something Zoom's not fun. Good. It's like, let's get this, let's do what we need to do here do so we, we can do. meet with people and this flesh This could and blood. have been an email. Yeah, exactly. All right, and that's I, a good one. Just one, or are we going around? Because I've. Oh, go ahead. I'd rather you do more. I'm curious what you thought about if this has to stop. Um, Cell phone towers that they try to make us think look like a tree. (laughs) Like, they are more distracting to me and more like, what the hell is that? Like, in California, you know, there's palm tree ones and there's Uh evergreen tree ones. But they don't either make them look more like a tree. Like, (laughs) Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. But they're obviously... Cell phone towers, and Not then I get. Anyone. I mean, I get it. I, I, I guess, haven't seen these yet because I'm in New York, but I'll no, be on the lookout haven't? now. Have oh, of course, maybe yeah. I have seen them, and I thought they were maybe. trees. I'm sure there's some <laughs> over Mulholland or over Laurel, but I mean, are they, how how gla- are they? So they're brown and then green wires, or do they add a little fake leaf? They do. I mean, some of them they they really must go all out because it looks like a giant palm tree, but then it looks like it's also like it's a, made of metal and painted, and it's got the cell like the cell phone tower stuff doesn't change shape. They just Put a sure. tree. They put a tree on it. And you'd rather have it just be like, that's a cell phone tower. I mean, I, or or just get better at making them look like trees or something. <laughs> sure. I get it. It's ugly to look at a cell phone tower when you're driving up to Big Bear or something. So it's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. A, a casual glance if it blends in. You know what? I'm, maybe I'm talking myself into it now. Maybe now I'm. Is that what <laughs> happens with with this often? Uh, yeah. I mean, you start I mean, to vent, and then you're like, oh. or just make it look like a stat. Like I, I get the thing of like, you're not fooling me. Either make it, I could, you could do some other decoration or make it look like a, a but I, I understand what you're saying, where it's like, okay, yeah, we, we know what it is. It's something. <laughs> I mean, either try or 
either nail it or don't try it all. Um, Paige, do you have this has got to stop? This has got to stop. People have to stop treating public spaces like they're at home. And I mean this when somebody's at a movie theater and there's the reclining chairs and then like they bring a blanket in, they bring a whole meal in, they kick off their shoes, their stinky feet are sticking out. Bare feet? Bare feet, Is yeah. socks okay? Mm, that's like debatable. Let me like, tell you something. I'm going on these airplanes. I'm on airplanes a lot. If I'm wearing socks and sandals, those sandals are coming off. <laughs> I'm on this plane for six hours. I can't. I feel like there's, you know, levels to this. No, don't like, don't back down. You could you could, I can be the problem. No, but you're I mean, right. If you have good hygiene, sure. Uh -huh. You know, if you're not stinking up the plane, by all means. Is this often movie like you mentioned movie theater specifically, like like yeah. I pick right the fancy ones where everybody. Reclines. Yes, I'm an AMC Stubbs member, <laughs> so I go to a lot of movies. And I think there's, I mean, between that and also just live shows where people like go to comedy shows and it's just like either they're not having, they're, they're just like there kind of like occupying space and like mm -hmm. not really engaging with the show at all. It's like you could have just watched somebody's like stand up material at home. Sure. You know, like that would have been a better experience for you. Okay, that's but fair. But you're here and like making either the person on stage uncomfortable or making the other people around you uncomfortable by just simply like pretending like you're at home. People put feet on the stage all really the time. That's and gross. I, uh, uh, Nico White, a comedian in in New York, he just goes in the middle of a bit, get your feet off the stage. <laughs> and I mean, Nico has like he has the. He has the confidence of confrontation. He has no fear of confrontation. I, I can never do it. And especially on stage, I'm like, if I do that, the audience will go, what a dick. But Nico does it like, and I've heard, I've heard him say it a hundred times, get your feet off the stage, like so quick. And I bet and he only has to say it once because I bet nobody else puts that foot on the No stage. one does. And he says it, he, Nico White has an ability to speak with, with a confidence. You go, yes, sir. You, and he's younger than me. He's way younger than me. And you want to say, yes, sir, when he says something. Whew. All right, my this has got to stop. That was a good one. My this has got to stop. I just I, I changed banks, closed a bank account. This has got to stop. When I'm leaving your bank or I'm leaving your airline or something and I'm canceling an account and I have to do it over the phone, which you made me do so that I would push it off so you could get your monthly fee for a couple more months. And then when I leave and you have someone say, we're sorry to see you go. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> this is you're not. Stop. Don't try because it works. There is something in me that goes, oh, I heard Bank of America's feelings. <laughs> and it, it, I, I, I hate that you on the way out, you made me feel some kind of shame. Fuck you, Bank of America. <laughs> you you did nothing to deserve my service. And on top of that, it's the inverse. Thank you for your loyalty. You don't have my loyalty. I will leave the second something is more convenient. How <laughs> dare you try to get in there, get into my heart. Thank you for your loyalty. Delta, I'll leave the second I feel like another airline goes to the place I need to go. I'm not loyal to you. I wonder if they have like a psychologist on staff who's writing the scripts for these cancellation oh yeah um scripts or you know oh yeah I'm oh i sure, know right i know it's the same way with the hold music they know <laughs> that they could have no hold music so i could listen to a podcast for the 30 minute wait they keep it on and and the fact that someone hasn't interceded hasn't burned down all the buildings i mean this i don't know how it's going to change 
I don't know what's going to change. But when they play that awful hold music and it loops every four seconds or eight seconds and I can't like watch a TV show or listen to a podcast while I wait for an hour, 15 minutes, I know why they're doing it. They contacted someone who ran fucking Abu Ghraib, some fucked up shit. I know it. That's where they go. They go from Abu Ghraib to the Bank of America call center. <laughs> Fuck you guys. You know what I hate is when sometimes there's just a little skip in the, in the, pre, in the hold music song and you're like, oh, oh, he, ah. <laughs> It was just, it just looped. And it's like either make it a flawless loop or get it's it on purpose. It's yeah. on purpose. Yeah. yeah. It's on purpose. Finally, you better count your blessing. We've had a good negative episode here. Justin, do you have a blessing, something you're thankful for? <laughs> a blessing. I had to write one down. Uh, Page, do you have one? Keep it in my head. Yeah. Um, my mom, I'm very thankful for my mom. She just finished her. Uh, treatments of chemo and radiation and now oh, she's yeah. on antibody treatments for another I think six months or so so she handled the whole like cancer treatment process with such grace and resilience in a way that I hadn't seen her you know behave before or like you thought it was going to be like more like of she, a struggle? Was, she was very like transparent throughout the whole process about like how she was feeling and just being more vulnerable and in a way that mm. she hadn't revealed herself to me before um traditionally somebody who's very like guarded and like i'm a i'm a tough person and yeah um you know really thick skin but this whole like as sad as it was or as scary as it was it was a whole thing that allowed me to be closer to her so and i'm obviously thankful that um all the treatments worked and that you know she's uh looking good so yeah, very, that's very so great. That's a great one. That's so great because that some people deal just... with the opposite, where it's like the that, that they, there's like an isolation where they're too proud or they don't want to yeah let you exactly. know they're scared and man exactly. you're lucky. That's great. Yeah, you know oh, those... I'll let you know when I'm scared. <laughs> Get ready for a phone call. You know those inflatable things in a used car lots. Uh huh. I'm so grateful that those have escaped just the used car lots and now they're ubiquitous. They make me smile, <laughs> even outside of a dry cleaners. I th at first, I maybe felt a little like misled because it does seem like when you see that means there's a party going on. Uh -huh. So And then it turns out, oh, it's just a T-Mobile store opening. Yeah. But they just make me happy. They're great. I want one. Uh, one. I don't know why I haven't bought one yet. I'm grateful for Amazon.com who could probably get me one tomorrow. Sure, but you so got Maybe I will. Are you going to get a big one? Here's the problem is that I... No, I probably would get oh, I would get a portable one because it has to be a write-off for my act. i got to be able to try i got to put that <laughs> sure. on stage somehow. You know yeah, make I mean? a trick out of it. I mean, you must see things sometimes. You're like, ooh, how do I make a trick out that's of it? That's all I'm doing all the time. I'm yeah. Thinking, yeah, that's how my brain works. What's the trick with that? What's the thing that no one's ever done with that? Yeah. So, inflatable guy. But that's then if fun. it doesn't work out, they say it's free returns, but you have to cover the shipping to get that big old piece of crap back to them. Uh -huh. And that often <laughs> is a couple hundred bucks. This yeah. has got to stop. This has got to <laughs> stop. Uh, my blessing, my beautiful sisters. I, I have four siblings, but two live here, uh, Victoria and Katie. We watched this show. I talked first. I, I got my, my sister. She picked me up from the airport. I know I only have a couple of these left in each of them, but the, she picked me up. Katie, she's a dancer. She just toured with Carol G, and I got to catch up with her. Then Victoria uh, works at Celine, helped me go shopping for a photo shoot. So I got each of them individually. It was like a really perfect family day. I got each of them individually. We caught up, and then we all had dinner together and just looked at uncircumcised cocks. <laughs> and and we they talked about getting a tattoo as a family. They're my half-siblings. And they're so – they're sometimes – 
because I'm the comedian, but I go like, oh, they're very funny too. And we we all got whatever I don't know how we got a sense of humor from my mom, but we got something that and it and and we're talking about a tattoo and and Victoria said, what if we got one of my mom being Eiffel Towered by both our respective fathers? And I laughed so hard uh, at the idea of that tattoo. And uh, I love you very much, Katie and Victoria. Uh, Victoria, you're not listening to this. Or maybe they do. I think they even listen to my podcast, and that is a sign of love. This far into the podcast, you think they're still listening? That I, is I, love. I think especially since they know it's the L.A. one, they're like, if it's not fucking me for those blessings, <laughs> airport pickup and clothes shopping. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Justin, where can people find you? Um, Justin Willman is my Instagram. That's my name. Mm-hmm. And you, you look it up, you'll find me. Will Man, Justin Willman. People often think it's Williams. Now, I know I'm, I'm sure people mess up your name a lot. A lot. It's your... Uh, John Marco recently messed up my name. I mispronounced it for the last uh, three years. <laughs> Beginning of this episode is when I saw I heard both of your names pronounced correctly for the first time. I yeah, think. yeah. But uh, when you've got an easy name like me, this has got to stop. Quit mispronouncing it. So it's not, yeah, Justin Wilman. <laughs> Justin Wilman. Yeah, I'm in a venting mood now. And uh, I'm on tour. Oh, yeah. Always, but especially now. This episode comes out November 7th. Are any specific shows you want to plug? Yeah, I'll be in Salt Lake City this weekend or coming up. Shortly after when you're listening to this, Seattle, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, Scranton. I could go on. Red Bank. That's your your brain is clearly better than mine. The quickness with which you I'm got thinking, the date. Well, my head goes to my eye cow. So I see you said November seventh, and I'm thinking my eye cow. Okay, I've got three shows in a row. Those are the the S's: Seattle, Salt mm-hmm. Lake, San Francisco. I remember that, and then I know that I need to sell tickets in Scranton. A little short and scranton. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then a whole bunch next year. Um, I want to see our show very badly. So if I'm ever around, I will And then this new prank show is coming out soon. Yeah, so when's that? When does that come out? I don't know yet. We're still. Do you have a name? It's been a long road. Magic Prank Show. Magic Prank Show. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Paige. Where everyone, can find I you? mean, people can see you. Paige doesn't want people to follow her on Instagram. <laughs> but if you go to the Downside Pod. Yes. Uh, that is Paige running that. Yes. And just so everyone knows, when the Downside Pod likes one of my comments, no, it's not me liking the comment from my alt account. <laughs> it is a different person. Stop commenting that. I am not Wait, patting really? myself. Yeah, there was some argument I got in with someone, and they're like, look at this loser liking his own comment from his alt account. That's that funny. is Paige liking it. That is and Paige, me. I'd like you to comment underneath. This is not your Marco. This is Paige Asachika. <laughs> And for me, you can find me uh, fucking everywhere. I'm on tour. Find my Instagram. But most importantly, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside. Bonus episodes are live episodes. My special, The Rats Are In Me. I am, oh my God, what do I, do I not have any shows this weekend, Paige? Oh, this is, I was in Europe. I'm in Europe. So this is coming out. If you're in uh, Amsterdam, it's sold out. You're in Paris. It might not be sold out. Please don't give me bed bugs. And weekend <laughs> after that, November 16th through the 19th, I will be in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and November 24th and 25th in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Comedy Loft Thanksgiving weekend. Check that out. You know what you could do while you're in Paris? What? Just get an artist to do that rendering of your mom getting Eiffel Towered. This is the downside. To the downside. The downside. With John Marco Cerezi. Hello. Good over. Welcome to uh, the downside. We've we've had a uh, two. This is our second in a row without Russell. 
And I know, I know that bumps people out sometimes, but he's a busy boy. But I figured, as a little treat, <laughs> if he can't have Russell, then, then my, my beautiful girlfriend, Tova, and I, uh, we thought we said hi. Because we, we had an experience. We had our, we had our third anniversary. Um, uh, this is what I wore to the <laughs> anniversary. And, and uh, now we're not together anymore. <laughs> but I finally got my dream, another podcast co-host. Um, for five minutes. For five minutes. Okay, yeah. five minutes. Okay. No, no, not so. literally five minutes. But this makes it sound like. We're what What do you think this. inspired you to? Because you're not easy to get to do this. But I felt like you you were like, yeah, let's do this. I had something to say. You had something to say. This has got to stop. Okay, yeah, this is a grand. This has got to stop. Grand. This has got to stop. Uh, this shouldn't. This is not even got to stop. This should not have started. This should not have started. We, and and I'll I'll take full blame. We no. we we didn't plan our our. Okay, you, you can, know you can take me. <laughs> you can take blame for not planning. Our we anniversary. we we have a lot of things that we plan. It's a very tough life that we okay. both lead. I think I have a blessing as well. Okay, good. Our blessing is that we are privileged enough to do whatever we want whenever we want it. Like we go to places, we travel, we eat at really nice restaurants, we do experiences. So when the anniversaries come around. Yes. It, it's a tr- problem because we are living the life. We are, what's it called, dink, double income, no kids. I didn't know that. So we we buy the fancy mustard. You know what I mean? We buy bags and bags of kimchi. Because normally mo- other people, and maybe some of our listeners, when you have an anniversary, you're like, well, it's finally we're going to get the kimchi today. Exactly. And we're just like, that's a Monday. <laughs> so uh, so it's, a, it's a big hurdle. Like there's always a big, uh, you know, stress to make it special yeah but the problem is i'm like the princess and the pea where i'm like uh, i'm used to a a lap of luxury so how can you get more than that yes so we i first i found some places uh uh, a a full meal uh what do they call it a multi-course meal and the problem is obviously it's it's cilantro and there's like eight things that you can't eat in there prefix meals don't work for me Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Sorry. And uh, so, so you found something. It was called Le Petit Chef. Chef. Le Petit Chef. And why did we think this would be good? Okay. The p- <laughs> Number one, we like experiences and we like to have a little fun and a little like. Levity. We're getting stoned. We're doing a dinner like this. We're, we're getting We want to have like, we, we lean into like the theatrics of things, even if it's like silly. Yes. And. This the premise of Le Petit Chef is that it's like a, a <laughs> the premise is how do we trick a bunch of I people mean, with ex- ex- money? Not explain this without feeling embarrassed that we. I'll did explain it. it. Okay, so so what it looked like from the video, it was like it looked like oh, this is a nice meal. Uh, I don't know if it like said like five, Michelin like star, yeah, like like Michelin star cuisine, like high cuisine, like in the menu. And part of it was. There, there's like an animation to it. Now, what I thought it was was like holograms. I thought these were going to be special plates that somehow had the holograms that I've yet to see in real life, where it's like a 3D chef and he makes a meal. It's and all on the table. Yeah. And here's the part I didn't even think more, where I was like, as he makes the food, it appears. Yes. Almost like a magic trick. You'd be like, yes. Whoa. You, you'd be like, look at that hologram. Oh my God! So the tomatoes here. That's the TikTok, but that's what the TikTok video, videos made you think. Where 
the little animation of the chef, he's like pulling carrots out of the garden. It's very cute. It's very like the little prince. Like it's very sweet. And that's the part where I'm like, well, we'd be into the theatrics. And he's yes. pulling these things on like in the animation on the plate. And then in theory, then your dish is what the animation was him creating it. So it feels very cute. But to me, I the kitsch of it only works if the experience is fine dining. Like to me, it's like, this is like a reference for no one, but like the Whitby Hotel. <laughs> like it's it's a beautifully stunning hotel with like a kitschy vibe. But first and foremost, it's a five-star hotel. And I think that's you. And for me, I'm more like, I'm fine with okay food, but the experience has got to be cool. Right. And this delivered on this neither <laughs> of those areas. We were, this is like, our relationship is us trying to meet each other in the middle. And nine times out of ten, us meeting in the middle means no one <laughs> no gets one's, what they want. <laughs> no one gets what they want. And so, I was like, Jamarco wants that, like, he, I would go to like, wow, a five course delicious meal but it would be boring for him he wants the activity yes and i'd go this food is disgusting or like yeah. i can see the cracks in the veneer of like this was so expensive i think that's the thing we have yes. to talk about we we can't we can't we can't not say the number uh <laughs> and believe it this is not coming from the patreon uh patreon.com slash downside we spent 580 dollars <laughs> $580 on this meal, which is, and we paid in, we knew what it was going to be because it was, it was a full course thing. We fixed meals so that we knew the cost. And it was one of those things where as we took the cab to the place, we knew where it was. We knew it was at in well, Times Square. I didn't. I just knew it was in Manhattan. And then as the cab brought us through Times Square, through... I went, I went uh-oh, this is next to the M&M store. And in a Marriott hotel. In a Marriott hotel. <laughs> and like, and like. Again. So that's when I knew. I knew we were duped before we got out of the Uber. Yeah. Which was to say, this is a tourist trap. This is the top of the rock. This is mm -hmm. the. Um, this it was next to the view where they. No, I don't even think it was. In, I think it was unrelated. But it was. It was in a hotel. So we, we go up the elevators. There's a massive merit if you've, if you've never been. And uh, the things that Tova's able to notice is just uh, the decor. As you know from the decor behind us, it's not my expertise. We walked in, and you just clocked that it was like every floor of every... Conference, convention you've been on a corporate. Uh, you know, the carpets are the swirly patterns. And the furniture is that like light wood that's like from the eighties. That's just it wasn't a restaurant. It was a space that they they added some shit to make it enough right. of it's a like restaurant. It's like when you go to a, a a wedding in a hotel and it's in one of the ballrooms of the hotel. The carpet's still the carpet, and you can tell you're in a hotel. It was that, and then there was a statue of there was a pink bike there that looked like it was a memorial for someone. It didn't make sense, and you so you walked in. They they had uh, glasses of of uh, like pink wine like while you waited for and there was a thousand empty chairs, uh, but but I I noticed right away they had like six glasses of wine just sitting there so it wasn't like a fresh glass of wine it was watered down, uh, box wine for sure box wine for sure and then they had like would you like a oh a one thing I noticed during the wine one of the wines is like again I I know how this sounds. It was like clearly a twist off 
bottle of wine. Oh, was twist off? I see. For sure. I don't even clock it. And I went, mm hmm. Yeah. You should have seen the Again, way these $600. waiters tried to sell this $16 wine. It's like, we're just like, oh, this has hints of a sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, anyways. Um, so the first thing we see when we come in is the guy at the corporate check in desk. Um, and then one of the waiters or chefs had a plate of, of dumplings. Cheap looking dumplings. Cheap looking dumplings that we never got. We never got. We were never served. And she was rummaging through the front desk to find toothpicks, like where you find rubber bands and batteries. She was like, we were watching her holding the plate, rummaging through the desk to find toothpicks to put in the things. And Joe Mark was like, do that in the kitchen. Yeah, because the desk wasn't like the food prep desk. It had like uh, wet wipes yeah, and yeah. pens. Yeah. And... And they didn't give us a dumpling, but then uh, they came up with cheese balls, yeah. mozzarella. Arancini mozzarella balls. Don't put Italian on this. This is a... That's what they said. And like the food, the spoon and was kind of thing. fancy. It was a weird looking spoon. Here's the thing. I knew in the Uber that we had been duped, but sometimes I think I, John Marco's like, but try and enjoy it. And so I was trying not to be a total bitch, but I couldn't help myself when we ate the arancini balls. And I go... And I felt bad. I almost held myself back because I wanted to be like, I don't want to ruin the night of like, we spent a lot of money. It's our anniversary. But I was like, this tastes like a Trader Joe's frozen ball. And immediately you were like. I had a thought. It's a Trader Joe's. It's Trader Joe's level quality. Correct. So so then you, they bring you Which in. Which is delicious, but. Yes, it's delicious. If we were to break down like what that ball cost, that was like a $30 <laughs> <laughs> cheese ball. I mean. So then you sit down. It's like like the, the 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 curtain separating you from the waiting area to the dining table is like a shower the, curtain. A sh it's a shower <laughs> curtain, and and it's empty. And there's just plates, the regular plates, and there's just a projector over each table. Over each table, and you have to you have to manually line up your plates so that the ring light is is correct. And then they before each meal. There's like a, a little animation that is is cool for three seconds, and then it's just like watching a a a, a bad Pixar movie on a plate. Like that's it. That's the viewing experience. It's not particularly unique. Uh, they they show him making the food. I think there would have been an opportunity to make a fucked up version of this. Like I think we have a business idea of doing this exact thing, but like. Instead of him like frying the meat on the grill, he's slaughtering the cow. Like we can make a dark version of this. Well, because I I noticed that they there was one where there was like a lobster that he that like tried to get away and he caught the lobster. Then the lobster died suddenly, so you didn't have to see the murder of it. But then he like fucking opened the guts up, took a knife and cut it in half. But later, and then you got some lobster. But then for the next course, there was some meat. And rather than showing the cow at any point, it just started with the steak. Steak on the grill. Well, first of all, the funniest part about all of this was the magic trick of Jean-Marco. So they, then you watch the animation of him making the food. And in theory, then you are served the food that he in made. In theory, what it should have been is like the food's there until the plate comes in and there's there's... There's a tra there's a right away. So you go from image to food and you go, oh, like the cool, waiter standing there appeared. with your plate and they set it down. 
But they didn't have enough waiters for the tables, so the animation ends, and you're like, wow, a, sal- a burrata salad that he <laughs> created. And then the plate goes back to white, and then we sit there for probably three minutes. The magic is gone. Magic is gone. Watching them serve everyone else, and we're looking at our white empty plates, and then they just serve us like a mediocre burrata salad. And there was one meal that Tova couldn't eat because she doesn't eat shellfish, and so... The animation. They didn't have like another animation for people who can't eat shellfish. So there was a lobster risotto for the second course. So I got like a vegetable risotto. But instead of like changing the animation, I'm like watching this lobster. And, like, Full the- lobster animation. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you, if you don't like shellfish, you don't necessarily want to see a lobster on your plate. Which is, yeah, it just was so funny because it's like, it's so much money. It's so much money and to, to have it not be customizable in any sense of the word. It was one of those where, like, the wine refills were free, and I leaned in. But Every it was one of those where I had to ask i had to ask three people each time before I actually got the refill. And I know that's part of the code. They say, eh, you know, wait a little longer. So The food was also, like, my fear was it was going to be, like, Margaritaville level. Like, the, it's dressed up like it's like it's expensive food, but the food was... Again, I know I'm like being a bougie brat, but like the, okay. the quality of the okay. food. Okay, well, at a certain point, can, can we talk about like life? If, if you give an exchange, if you give money, a certain amount of money, yeah. you expect something in return. I think it's okay to say, hey, this return was the strange. ROI. The ROI. There are, there are people who I think for this, this is like 60th anniversary and they get scammed. So part of us, we're just, un, we're just unearthing a scam. Yes, because I think that. Your friend Jenny, though, Jenny said, oh, my God, you went, Jenny texted, said, you went to Le Petit Chef? Really? Yeah. And I was like, Jenny, don't go to this. And she was like, <laughs> she, like, wouldn't believe me. The TikToks make it look hot. I thought the fine dining with the, the quirk, that was the, the, the lead in. Do you think maybe this makes you question the amount of information that you take from TikTok? That maybe basing your reality on TikToks? as you do, might be a faulty source of information. I think I have a... Yeah, but I think I'm good at smelling that stuff out a little bit. Most of the time. So you smelled it after the second course. We said, oh. So, the funniest part, though, was these animations were pretty weak. Like, this was like uh, like a bad Looney Tunes. Like, in terms of, like, the kind of slapstick this chef keeps get it setting keeps himself on falling. fire. But Clumsy little chef. The other tables oh my God. were fucking dying. They were laughing this so god. The chef, he slips off the ice into the water. <laughs> he was he was like wobbling and they were like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh." So and you know what else was bizarre about that? Because I do think like the same way you if you had a kid and you brought your kid to New York City and you wanted them to have a, a tourist adventure that's New York City mm-hmm. this fits that bill this is going to the American Girl Cafe this is taking them to a Broadway like wicked but it was shocking how few children there were to me it's like this is a cool like not 60th birthday anniversary, 10-year-old, a rich 10-year-old's birthday. A rich 10-year-old. Because even if you have, like, some money, you're not going to take your 10-year-old to the $500 meal where he can't even right. get the free wine. If you were going to take them to a $500 meal, you would rather have less good quality food and this than take your 10-year-old to Nobu. Yes. And so there is a market for this. 
It's rich 10-year-olds. It's the same way we went to the Russian tea room and we saw a table of girls in little rich kitty uniforms having afternoon tea together. And I'm like, those are the richest little girls I've ever seen. It's for them. We were duped. So I think we've decided our next anniversary, we're going to do Empire State Building, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Lion King Rush tickets. <laughs> I, uh, but that's, that's our, our review. Um, and if you want to make a reservation for Le Petit uh, Chef, visit lepetitchef.com. Use code DOWNSIDE for discounted <laughs> uh, reservations. But uh, I, I really do believe... The problem is it's only fun of to make these when it's bad. Yeah. But I feel like we can get free meals out of this. We've gotten one free meal. How are we going to get free meals out of Okay, we got that we got one we got one free meal at that fish place once way back in the day. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. We got free earrings once. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all we've gotten. Someone recently offered me. I was going to I've gotten really good at knowing that for anniversary Tova doesn't want a funny gift. And there was someone who said, "Would you would you like to sponsor this thing called <laughs> Fart Guard on the podcast? It's like a special kind of. What does that mean? It's like a special kind of like shorts that are good for holding in farts. And so that's gonna, what that was your anniversary <laughs> idea. No, I no, I know. I'm saying I I have a smart enough brain that I said don't don't get Fart Guard even that's as like not, a joke with a good. That's gift. not a smart enough brain. That's not like points for you. <laughs> That you held yourself back from that. I think there's a lot of... I know of Tova so well. I know her so well that she wouldn't want the fart underwear for her. I think there, there's not... a lot of guys that that think that the funny thing, that the funniness of the gift is going to be like enough. And I know that I could never get a gift funny enough to overpower Le Petit Chef. Um So I do think we're going to get free meals out of this. If if you If you have an interactive restaurant... Please tell us to go. We will check it out. We'll give it a review. Honestly, I think some people will check it out just to see if we were right, if it was fun. So find us. We're Tovarco. If you if you give us a free meal, we won't say anything bad. This is, is that the allowed? upside. <laughs> is that legal? Is it? I don't You're the one who knows. Well. I'll call my lawyer. Yeah. Tell Tova that you, you love this. Write messages to me because I'll get Tova to do more. No. I'll get Tova to do more. Okay, Pete Holmes does does a, a weekly episode with his wife. This is the downside. Does he? <laughs> yeah. Really? Downside. It's called "We Made It Weird." I'll listen to that. You're listening to the downside. The downside with John Marco Cerezi.